In this week's version of the Rookie Report, my guy Richard Stamen is back, and we are going to talk about some of the rookies from the 2022 draft. Who's struggling, who's shining, and who's surprising? Stay tuned. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. Got my co-host, Richard Stamen, a.k.a. Mr. Mavs Draft. Richard, how, how, how are you doing? I know for me, I am exhausted. I'm relieved. I finally put out my draft guide, which I've been working on literally nonstop since... August, so it's finally done. So if you haven't subscribed, check it out. Um, but I, I'm I'm exhausted, so I'm kind of ready to just not have to stay up to four o'clock in the morning working on that. So what's new with you? Yeah, I uh, you know I think I'm in the same boat as every other draft person. We feel like you know it's fun right now, but uh, it's been overwhelming, and we have no idea what's real and what's not. Especially because the first week there were what three real matchups it felt like featuring any of the top prospects. So as much as there is to take away from like South Carolina versus South Carolina state, for example, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a middle, little bit of no man's land and uh, I don't really know what to do on that. So I, I have some intrigue there, but with the rookies, I think we have a much better grasp. We are uh, actually, I think at the exact one month day, uh, one month anniversary, I guess, of the season starting. So there's much more control of that right now. Yeah, I think that what I'm seeing now with like draft guys is that everybody's, I mean, digging deep in the vault and trying to find like this under the radar guy that nobody's ever heard of. And they're pumping the guy up. I mean, we all do it to a certain extent, <laughs> but some of those guys kind of like, you know, they kind of fall off once they get into like some, even their own conference, even if it's not the, the strongest conference. But I mean, there are some guys that are putting up some really, really good numbers. And there's some guys that, that, that are going to come out of nowhere that legitimately are, are going to stick. But yeah, let's talk about the NBA. So the last episode we did, I mean, we covered a lot of Jabari Smith, uh, not as much Paolo. Um, we talked about Matherin. But I want to talk about Jaden Ivey. I want to start off the show with, with Jaden Ivey. What has what has been your thoughts on Jaden Ivey? Yeah, I like Ivey. Uh, I think his fit is both good and I think mostly positive with Detroit. I think there is some element of, is he holding Cade back this year? But it's not like a long-term concern for me. It's more people are like, oh, Cade could be doing so much more if Ivey wasn't there. But I still think they're a good fit long-term. I think the shot has been better than I thought it would be. I think last time I looked, it was 35%. Uh, the numbers could have changed not only by the time you hear this, but by the time I even uh, last looked, even like a day ago. So right now we know those three-point percentages swing fast. But I like him overall. I don't want to say this. Are there any concerns about the fit long-term? I guess that's just the best way to – no, is it too early to even consider that? I don't think they know how to play with each other, but I think once they learn how to play with each other, I think it'll be fine. Like – if that's the issue is they don't know how to play with each other before 20 games, like, yeah, okay. Like, I, 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 are you shocked? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about his teammate, Duran. What, what has been your thoughts on, on him? Or do you yeah, even I, think like Charlotte should have 
do you think Charlotte should have kept that pick? I mean, I've seen some people make make the comment that I mean, he he looked <laughs> he'd be fine there. I mean, so I'll preface this with I wasn't huge on Duran. I thought he was like okay. I thought he was what people viewed Mark Williams as. I thought he was like good, but not this like high upside guy. It's just going to be good. That's kind of how I viewed Duran, but I'm clear. I think I'm wrong. Like already, I'm very willing to backtrack on that. I think the upside is so much further along. Like we're talking about the guy who is, if I'm not mistaken, he was the youngest player in the draft last year. And the way I see it is just now he's the youngest player in the league, I think. And he's looked like a really serviceable backup. Like you don't hear that about the youngest player in the league, like always looking that polished. He he needs to control some of the fouls and things like that. But his pick and roll defense, his pick and roll offense, I think are strong enough signs where it's like, it's very clearly progressing. And I think once he gets more consistently healthy, because I know he's missed a, a few games here and there, I think we're going to see more rhythm and more just chemistry, especially when Isaiah Stewart's out. I think we're going to see a lot of chemistry building with Cade Cunningham, and he's that perfect pick and roll partner for Cade. I want to switch gears and ask your opinion on this, right? So I had this debate with some friends on Facebook, which, you know, Facebook isn't the best place to have the best sports arguments. But they're talking about James Wiseman, right? And so in my opinion, I feel like, Wiseman, on one hand, he has one of the easier roles and the hardest role at the same time. All he really has to do in Golden State, in my opinion, is play with a motor, run the floor, block shots, and defend. He doesn't need the ball in the post. He doesn't need to score 20 points. He just needs to, you know, like I said, play with a heart, play with a motor, be a vertical lob threat, and so on. And so some people are saying, well, and and I get it. He's in a situation where he can't really make a lot of mistakes. They're not going to be the most patient, right? But then I look at a guy like Duran, right? Even though they're on totally different teams with totally different expectations, he's doing exactly what I thought that Wiseman should be able to do. Play hard, rebound, run the floor. I mean, he's going to make some mistakes. Do you think that that if he, let's say, if, if Jalen played on Golden State, do you think he'd be in the same predicament as Wiseman? Or do you think Wiseman has just kind of lost his confidence? Uh, I think it's a variety of things. I think the confidence and health combination has done Wiseman zero favors. I think that's an important bit of context. I personally think the best move for him is to be moved away from Golden State because clearly the not only pressure, but uh, just the pressure to fit has been rough for him. And I think he needs some a fresh restart, but more importantly, I just, I don't know if he knows what his play style is. Like if I asked two people, what his play style is like, even just from this perspective, like what is it? Cause my answer is going to be different from yours. Cause he, I've seen him. Some people are like, Oh, he can stretch the floor. And then some people are like, absolutely do not stretch the floor. Like that's kind of an issue is what's his identity. So yeah. For me, that's my issue. But to answer your question, though, I think Duran Duran would be a lot better in this situation because all he has to do is play defense and finish at the rim. You you brought up a good point, and so am I. I pulled up my my notes for for Wiseman coming into the draft. I said he has a slim frame, must get stronger, which you know that's common. I put he must improve his right hand. Struggles with physicality. Will shoot all jumpers versus stronger defenders. Has a tendency to settle for jumpers also has a tendency to blend in instead of dominate. He's still raw and must improve his feel. <laughs> and two years later, 
and it's really going to be almost three years later, it's the same exact concerns. And so when I look at a guy like Duran, he seems like he knows who he is. He understands his role and you don't question the motor or the energy. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like he's going nonstop. So why, why is, why is, why isn't it not? Like, I, I think that's a controllable element of his game. And, you know, one of the things that I have to consider with Wiseman is that he played what? Like, is, did he even play five college games? And I think three. All right. So if he played three games, three four. one was against Oregon, I believe. And he played like a half. He was in foul yep. trouble. So he played like, I'm not mistaken, it was so long ago, Alcorn State, South Carolina State, yada, yada. Yep. You can make a case and say he was drafted strictly off of his high school hype which may have helped, well, it probably put more money in his pocket because maybe he gets exposed if he plays a longer season in a sense. Who knows? But uh, speaking of guys that were drafted strictly off their high school hype, Shaden Sharp looks pretty good. <laughs> he looks pretty good. I was at the Mavs Blazers game last week, and there were times where he was bringing the ball up the floor, kind of initiating the offense. I mean, I guess you can put him in the – I mean, we can talk about guys that are shining, struggling, and surprising – I'd have to put him as a surprise because unless you watch a bunch of film, unless you just knew, you have to be somewhat surprised that he's contributing to a team that has the best record in the West. Yeah, I mean, he does a lot for that team. Like he's he's out there catching and driving. I think his ability to make quick decisions as a spot up player, whether to shoot, pass, or, or really just out of the triple threat, I should say, but especially in quick catch and shoot or triple threat options where he has to shoot, pass, or drive. And his first step is phenomenal. He knows how to use it very well. He knows how to use his tools already at a very simple uh, perspective, I guess. Like it, it's nothing crazy. It's a lot of straight line drives, but he's so crafty in the air that the straight line drives work. And he's a, I think he's been a good finisher, especially for a rookie. I've been impressed by everything he's done. All right. When we return, I will pick Richard's brand on a few of the other rookies in this class, but stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. All right, once again, thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And now for your second listen, I'm advising you, strongly advising you to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rafael Barlow. He is Richard Stamen, a.k.a. Mr. Mavs Draft. All right. We talked about Shaden Sharp a little bit, and we can just, we can go back to Shaden Sharp. What do you think his long-term role is going to be like do you think he is going to be like a franchise guy all-star like just I mean it's a small sample size and, and have you been able to come up with like a comparison yet 
The comparison's tough. I I haven't. I think for a role though, I think you're looking at somebody who safely got very good starter upside. I think I think there's probably an element of all star, but I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, overreact one way or the other. So I'm just going to try and stay level-headed on that. I think, though, it's not unreasonable to start talking about it. But for me, I won't. Um, I think for for him, it's like picture Anthony Simons one day takes over like in four years or something for Damian Lillard. Say that time comes. Shaden Sharp's a really good running mate. I think you're going to find somebody who's just going to be able to play bigger, like in a way that the way that Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard has worked or Lillard and McCollum, you're going to get a new era of that with better size because I mean, Shaden Sharp has a seven foot wingspan and is able to, and he uses it so well offensively. I see three level score. And personally, I think some of the best three level scores, especially that are starters in the league, they're always all-star contenders. So that's why I don't think it's unreasonable to talk about it, but for now that's getting carried away. I think he has that mold to grow into that stuff though. Yeah, I mean, it's such a unique situation, man. It's like, I know teams had like no scouting report on them, <laughs> you know, like the first, I mean, I guess it wasn't like the first month of the season. I think now it's going to be, it's going to be a situation where now teams are going to, all right, we got film on him. We know what his strengths, we know what his weaknesses are. And I mean, you can say that for most rookies, but they had like 30 games of college film to where you can say, all right, he does this well. I mean, Sharp has like, I mean, the peach jam stuff. So he's really an unknown commodity in a sense. So I'm wondering how, how it's going to look for him once teams started to really put him at this on, not at the top of the scouting report, but he is a legitimate rotation guy. So you're going to see teams really kind of defending him, him different. So I know the last episode we talked about the, the Oklahoma city guys. I want to go down a little bit more in the first round, Mark Williams. Are you surprised that he's not playing in Charlotte? Yes, especially kind of going back to what we talked about. Like they passed up Jalen Duran for him. He should have been in the end. He's older and more experienced. He should have been up, but instead he's been playing in the G League. I know he just actually got hurt in the G League. I'm very surprised, especially because like Charlotte's big man rotation isn't exactly. Yeah, I mean, great. you know, it's not like, you know, like, he's, he's, he's backing up a high level starter, all star. Yeah, he's not in Philly or <laughs> Chicago. Like, Chicago has two really good bigs in Drummond and Vucevic, which I know sounds weird, but, like, it's Kai Jones and Mason Plumley. Like, this isn't – with no disrespect to the guys. Mason Plumley's good, but Kai Jones is very unproven. How is Mark Williams not cracking that rotation? And Charlotte is not <laughs> playing winning basketball right now. It's so weird, and it's starting to become a trend because last year people wanted Book Knight to play. And there was a lot of people that felt like he should have been playing more. I felt Kai Jones should have been playing more. Maybe we have a little understanding of why James wasn't playing. Maybe the Borrego just didn't have any confidence in him. Or, you know, you just you just never know there. But James has kind of put himself in a position where people can feel like, okay, maybe I understand a little bit. I don't understand why Mark Williams isn't playing. I mean, Charlotte is... I mean, there are teams that before the season started, there were debates and shows about should Charlotte just tank? <laughs> like, should they just start from scratch? And I would think it makes sense. Now, on one hand, I am a guy that feels like players, especially rookies, should earn their minutes. They shouldn't just be given time because of where they were drafted. So if he's not 
better than Nick Richards or, or Plumlee or whatever that, then I guess I can understand that. But he was a guy that when I talked to several scouts um, before the draft, they thought he was going to be one of the safest picks. And I heard multiple stories about how well he shot the ball in the workouts. Not Nobody really mentioned that they thought that he was going to be a floor spacer as a rookie. But he was the name, one of the names that I consistently heard was impressive in his workout. So it's really mind-boggling to see that uh, he he's not playing in, in Charlotte. If you had to guess, what would you guess is the reason why he's he's not playing? I mean, there's got to be something, like, underlying with, like, an injury or something. And, you know, we talked, like, actually, I, I, I did one of the episodes about should Charlotte just start, like, they have to tank, like, because of everything that happened this off season, the miles bridges thing really screwed them over long-term. And obviously like what he did was absolutely wrong, but like on the basketball perspective, you know, there was a loser there too. And, and um, that threw them off course. So why are they not just going like, I know it's, you're only in November. You don't commit to the youth movement, uh, which is obviously code for the T word. And um, you don't do that until like January, February. But I, again, my thing is, is like, you know, sometimes these teams know, but why is Mark Williams not playing? There has to be, like, again, he's hurt. That's the only explanation I can think of, like, right now. Said, maybe there's been a longer injury to this than just the one that happened to Julie, but that literally doesn't add up. Yeah, it, it's 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 really surprising. And Charlotte is a team where I, I have heard agents say, I don't want my player going to Charlotte. I've heard it. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean they've it's, had, it's they've been had, what, some one good pick. It's been some weird situations there. And so I think this doesn't help it at all, right? Because if you look at Charlotte and your agent and they want your guy to work out, and I'm not knocking the harness, but it's just a lot going on there. And despite the fact that they have mellow and uh, you know, they're you would think a superstar that could give your give your players easy looks and make life easy for him, you just kind of look at their past few rookies and you're like, all right. They drafted this guy high. He didn't play. This guy's not playing. This guy's not playing. All right, there's a track record here. I think I, I think I want to avoid, avoid the situation. So Charlotte's in like this very weird situation that I think they should probably try to start from scratch in the sense. And we're talking about a team that was, I think they were like 43 and 39 last year, and they got blown out in in the play-in game. And I have made a, a comparison, which people think is really crazy. But if you look at the numbers between their teams, Luca and LaMelo Ball, their team's records, their first two years are pretty close to identical. The problem was, was that the West was weaker, how often can we say this, than the East yeah. last year. So Luca's team was able, I think they were like the seventh seed with a 43 or 42 wins. If I'm not mistaken, or maybe where they no, played, they, they had they crossed fifty. They were um, in the second year. Oh, in the second year. In the second oh, year. Yeah. So in Melo's second year, they won forty three games, which was good. And Hayward missed quite a few games. Forty three games was not good enough to get you a, a guaranteed playoff spot in the East last year. And then now it's like, like I don't know if they're going to win forty games this year. All right, the next player that I wanted to talk about is A.J. Griffin. Are you surprised by his situation in Atlanta? Yes and no. I think he's had some – I mean, the Knicks game uh, a few weeks ago 
where which by the way if you didn't watch that it is one of the weirdest games i think i've ever witnessed in my life through the first 12 to 18 minutes i was like what am i watching like this is a blowout the next rest of the game it was like the flipped it was a blowout but the other way i i've never really seen anything like it and a big part of it though is aj griffin like he was out there playing i, th- I thought at least average defense that's always been something that's been up for debate is how is his defense going to be? How is it now? I know a lot of people were split on it last year. I thought it was fine last year. I think there was obvious holes in it, but I was willing to give him a, a pass because the whole injury situation. But I think for now we're seeing he looks kind of healthy and he's able to play this role. I mean, he is just a shooter and just don't be a negative on defense. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know if he would be in the rotation earlier in the season or maybe like four weeks ago, but he's up to about 12 minutes a game. And he's shooting 50% from the floor for 40% from three. So he's he's playing well. And we're talking about a guy that we thought was going to be a top five pick. And we never really heard why he fell outside of the lottery. We can only assume that maybe teams passed him because of his medicals. But if he pans out, that is a very good get for Atlanta. What have your thoughts been about Dalen Terry? He hasn't been playing that much, right? Like, no. I get it on one hand. Because Iota Moon is there and everything, but like Kobe White and Lonzo Ball have missed a lot of time, so I I haven't understood the, the lack of playing time. I think he when he's played garbage time, he looks fine, but like how much can you actually take him away from that? Yeah, his situation is not ideal, you know, and it's and it has to sting even more that some of the guys ahead of him are hurt and he's still not playing. So what what is the path for playing time now? I imagine Kobe White is probably going to be moved, and I like Kobe White. I really like him. He hasn't regained the form of the second half of his rookie year when he was like averaging like 26 a game or something like that. He hasn't been able to to do that again, and, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, every year at the end of the year there's always some guy that in the second half of the season – and really, the second half of the season is really not even a full 41-game split. It can be like 20-something games yep. who just gets cooking in March and April. And then you're hoping that momentum carries over. And for him, it just hasn't. I personally would like to see him in Dallas. I thought he would have been a really good Jalen uh, Brunson replacement. But if you're Terry, you have to wonder, like, what is my path for playing time? Because <laughs> you have Dragic. Yeah. You have um, Caruso, who's been absolutely awful on offense um you have uh, ao you have lonzo you have all these guys so where's he where is he going to play yeah and i think maybe it's just they don't want him being point guard right now i just and like that's totally fine but still like there's holes like why is he not filling them yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm with you on kobe white though i'm with you on kobe white to dallas like very much on that hey you you gotta you gotta make it happen dallas because yeah, I think you can I think you can get some value out of him. All right, when we return, I'll talk about a few other guys that were drafted in the first round, maybe even some guys in the second round. But I got to let you know about Sweat Blocks because if you got sweaty pits, you have to check out Sweat Block. There is a guy named Christopher. He wore a sweater every day to school, even in the hot Texas summer. So you know he's young because some of these young kids nowadays, they wear hoodies in the summertime year round, but maybe they have sweaty pits. Maybe we got to get on some Sweat Block. But Christopher, he wore a sweater every day trying to hide his sweat. And now he can wear any shirt without sweating because he uses 
sweat block. Sweat block wipes are invented by a doctor or they were invented by a doctor and they are guaranteed to work or you don't pay. They call it the sweat block dry shirt guarantee. The sweat block doesn't keep you dry. You will get your money back. So if you or someone you know is experiencing sweaty pits or odor, try sweat block risk-free today. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. And this is also available on Amazon. All right. Last segment. I wanted to get Richard's take on one of my favorite guys in the draft. And he's one of my favorite guys. I'm biased because I had a chance to just to spend time with him this summer. And um, I thought he was going to be in a really tough situation. And Memphis always seems to have some type of injuries. But what do you think about Jake LaRavia so far? I like him. He's a really good connecting piece. He's somebody who I, I think he's actually been missing some time. I know he was, he had an illness. I think he had like a lower body injury. I don't remember what it was, but I really just think you watch the ball movement when he's on the floor versus when he's off the floor. And it's not like Memphis has bad ball movement or anything, but it goes from good to great when he's on the floor. And I think that matters. And then also on defense, he holds his own and he's a good spot up shooter. I really like what he brings. I think when we look at the end of the season, I think we're going to see him as a contender for one of the last uh, spots on all rookie team. Yeah, he had the the big game. Was it against? Was it was it against Dallas? Yeah, he had a decent Sounds game. Sounds right. Yeah, so I I missed that one. All right, Malachi Branham. Actually, you know what? Before I get to Branham, I forgot I skipped over Jeremy Sohan. Were you high or low on Sohan? I can't Probably. remember. It was it was one no, of no. We honestly, had a counter. We had it a was, counter for how many times I said I don't buy I don't buy Jeremy Sohan's jumper. Okay, yeah, I, I knew like, you were. You had a stance on him. I forgot. Was it either you were either all on, all in? <laughs> you had you had a hard stance on him. All right. So, what have you thought so far? Defense has been incredible. Like, there's no way to hide that. I think he's also been a really good passer. I do think his lack of scoring, especially like from the perimeter, is apparent. Uh, long-term flaw, who knows? I think right now it is definitely a, a hole that teams are willing to game plan against. But again, I, I actually do think he might be a positive because he's just a passing defender. And, you know, if you can make that work without being like Roberson on offense as, as like a, you know, spot up guy, I think it works. If you can still just attack closeouts, which I was really worried he couldn't from Bay where he was, he had a slow first step. I thought off of catch and drives. Then and he's been better in the NBA. Then maybe he can, uh, he can you know live up to that upside. All right. What do you think about Malachi Branham? I have only seen him from. There was one game where I, it was one of those massive blowouts. I don't remember what game it was. Malachi Branham played the whole fourth quarter. I was intrigued just to watch him. I think Blake Wesley played as well, and I was watching just Branham get the pick and roll going. I actually thought he was nice, but again, it was just the garbage time fourth quarter. They're down like thirty or forty points, so. That's actually the only taste I've seen of him so far. Are there any other rookies that have caught your attention that have either surprised you by the way they've played or surprised you by their lack of playing? Like there's a few guys that were selected in the first round that, I mean, are so far outside of the rotation. Has <laughs> anybody caught your attention? Yeah, it's uh, maybe I missed it if he's injured or something, but um, yeah, Wendell Moore has only played two minutes in the NBA. Uh, that Wolves team has f- some serious holes on their team. I don't know if you've seen, they're they're probably the worst perimeter defending team that isn't an intentionally trying to be bad team this year, I would say. Like, I don't know if the stats actually backed it up. I know they're bottom 10, 
But Wendell Moore is not a bad defender. He's not great, but he's definitely an improvement on the perimeter. I think he can be a good spot-up shooter, and at least he can attack closeouts. Why is he not playing? That's been a little bit shocking to me. Um, yeah, that's that's mainly the guy. I'm looking just at the rest of the first round, and I think he's really – he him and – I mean, I, I think there's actually an elephant in the room, Oche Baji. It's really interesting that he's not playing. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, both of those situations, Ochai was a guy that I actually put like, in my opinion, I thought both guys were plug and play guys. Like I would yep. say they were safe rookies that should be able to at least at the minimum be back in rotation guys. I thought they at least be, you know, make a team's top eight, top nine. And then with, with Ochai, he goes to Cleveland and we're thinking on draft. Oh, yeah, he's going to be in their rotation. Is traded to Utah, a team that we're thinking is <laughs> bottoming out, and he's out of their rotation. Leaf told me, Leaf Tuling, shout out to Leaf, one of the, the locked on hosts. He told me before the season that Ochai was out their rotation based off of some preseason games. And I was like, yeah, there's no way. Now I just don't know. And then with Wendell Moore, he was a guy that, again, he's even though he's young for his class, he has experience, three years of experience. And we thought, at least I, I should say, I thought he would be able to come in and contribute to, to Minnesota and he's not playing. So that's two Duke guys. <laughs> so it's like, you got one Duke guy that is shining, putting up historic numbers. You have another guy that is, you know, finding his way in the rotation. And then you have two that just are not playing at all. And that has absolutely nothing to do with Duke. I'm not trying to, you know, say something about, about, about the school or anything like that. But I just thought that was weird that, two guys that I thought were the safer picks aren't, aren't really playing. Yeah. I mean, so that's why you're, so you're telling me don't trust like Tyrese Proctor. No, I'm mean, totally kidding. Sorry. I know, I know. I chose the wrong person there. I should have said like Philip Bowski or something, but <laughs> I chose the wrong person. I chose the guy who made like two shots all year. Hey, <laughs> as soon I as like I, made, I made a tweet that said he was one for 14 and then he made like his, he made two shots in a row right after that. He finished like three for Probably. nine, but he started off coming into the yeah. Champions class. He was one for 12. I know that this is way off topic now, but I do think the first few games were always going to – I'm not this rough. I never thought they would be this bad. I thought they would be subpar uh, just because he's also a year younger. Like, he reclassified into this class. Yeah. Um, so the shot making, for me personally, it's a lot of ins and outs. I'm not worried about it, but he ha it still is alarming. Sorry, I yeah, know we yeah. waste our draft from that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that he's going to be a good shooter, and the speed is there in the playmaking. So I yep. think he'll turn it around. Anybody else that's surprising you with, with the way they're playing or, or, or lack of playing time? I know Coloco's been really impressive. Yeah, yeah, Coloco's nice. Somebody who has recently turned a corner that I feel like hasn't gotten enough love is uh, I, I've seen Caleb Houston start from like he couldn't make a shot in his first two games, and he was a massive negative. Now he's passing, he's he's getting uh he's getting some shots going in, and he's actually looked pretty good in some lineups. Like when he plays with ball ball, I really like him. So he's somebody else who, you know, I was lower on because I didn't know I, my whole thing was kind of what happened in the first few games, right? What does he do if he's not shooting? And it was nothing. That was my fear. But the good thing is generally those nights are very few and far in between. So I, I've liked what I've seen from him, surprisingly. Have you had a chance to watch Christian Brown? Yes. Uh, are you trying to just make me eat all my words today? 
No, I'm not. <laughs> no, he's been good. I, I've been a little bit shocked, not only that the shot has been going up so well, but also the the fact that like he, I don't think he has much of a left hand. Maybe teams just haven't figured it out yet. But I'm really shocked that he's just able to score as easily as he has. But I guess that's kind of what playing next to Jamal Murray and Jokic does for you. So like he's yeah. been good. And it's not a knock on him. I strongly feel if you play next to Jokic, he's going to make you look good. Like, you know, that was kind of the reputation for LeBron. And LeBron has definitely gotten people paid. But we've also seen players struggle playing with LeBron, especially if you're not like a, you know, a a really good catch-and-shoot guy. If you're somebody that kind of needs – the ball, you need to massage the ball to score. It's not necessarily the best fit, even though Dwayne Wade was very successful at I know somebody always brings that up. But with Jokic, I feel like I don't know anybody that has really struggled playing with him. I mean, if you're a if you're a like a rim runner, he's gonna find you. If you're a cutter, he's gonna find you. If you're a spot up shooter, He's going to find you even even if you need like, you know, the dance with the ball. I mean, Bones is playing well. And so I'm like, if I'm an agent, of course, you got to look at the roster, see where your guy fits in at. But Denver is like the team that I would tell my client, right? Hey, this workout, you got to get your rest the night before. Yep. You want to go to Denver because, you know, if you're like this combo guard, Denver is the perfect fit for you because you don't have to, you know, be this point guard if you're. I mean, even if you're like not a, a great shooter, but if you just cut and you move, he's going to find you. He brings so much attention. So Brown is in a perfect situation. I know there was a little bit of debate who's better between Brown and Ochai. <laughs> and, you know, right now, the way it looks, and it's, a lot of it is just based off yep. of fit, Brown looks like the he's going to have a better rookie year. Yeah. And, I mean, it really, you kind of said it best, like with Jokic, literally anybody can play with him. Even Jamal Murray is kind of that he needs his own in a way. And it still works. I had I had both an agent and a parent of a prospect texting me. They're like, yeah, we really want him in Denver because he fits perfectly. And like, lo and behold, like, I'm not going to give away who it was or anything, but both those players did one of those two things of being a great cutter or being a great shooter. Yeah, it, it really makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much. That wraps up this version of the rookie report we're going to do this weekly i think these are pretty fun so thank you for making locked on nba big board your first listen now check out the locked on sports today podcast you can catch up on the biggest stories of the day in sports plus get instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day locked on sports today it is available on odyssey youtube or wherever you get your podcast i'm rafael barlow he is richard stamen aka mr mavs draft We are out.